it is a physical transformation. Um, she did lose some weight, but it was, to me, it was more so seeing her transform into a more confident person. Oh. My mom's, sorry, mom, is 59, 60 years old. She's in the upper half of sure. the age divisions, um, but seeing her transform into a more confident person um, and just wanting to improve herself for her granddaughter, um, my niece, and just create a better better life for her and become healthier. I am an everyday athlete. I am an everyday athlete. Good morning, everyone. This is Jared Bassman with Mark McCain, and you are listening to Everyday Athlete, a podcast devoted to bringing you the amazing stories behind the lives of day-to-day CrossFit athletes like yourself. And we finally, finally, finally have Kelsey. Dun, dun. It's only been, how many times have we tried to put this together? Three, four. Three or four? Yeah. We could not avoid you anymore. Yeah. You're <laughs> on here now. <laughs> so it was, uh, I think the first time... Mark or Kelsey was sick, and then it, I was sick, and then Kelsey and then was sick. sick, deathly sick. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, the third time we just lazily tried to get it together. Not really, happened. I almost died. Yeah, I don't, I don't disclose over that. Uh, and then so we finally we we we're uh, this is definitely just orange juice. This is not mimosas. <laughs> yes. It's brunch time. Um, we just had our mobility mimosas, and we got some leftover uh, treats. So I'm sure this will be fantastic to listen to. <laughs> what is mobility and mimosas? It was uh, Stacy just came in and did a pretty awesome yoga class and made these amazing banana banana, banana no nut muffins. I guess is what you said. Yeah. Nutless. Nutless. <laughs> you, feel, you don't feel as bad when you eat ten of them because they're tiny. Yeah. So, um, but it is, it is nice to finally sit down and talk to Kelsey. I'm sure. Um, Everyone is at the edge of their seat right now, wondering what's going to come out of your mouth. So, well, the mimosas eh, should be good. Should be good. Should be good. So, um, I think the big thing to start with. I don't think a lot of people know that you're not actually from here, correct? Uh, I'm not. So, I born and raised in Granville, Massachusetts, which is not even on a map. Um, really small town, western half of Massachusetts, so not Boston, um, the other half of the state. Um, grew up there and came down here for college. So I went to Thomas More College and kind of fell in love with the people and the area and stayed. How do you go from Massachusetts to Thomas More? How'd you find Thomas More? Uh, so I originally wanted to do uh, forensic chemistry for my degree in college. And um, Thomas More is one of the few small schools that's accredited in it. And I wanted to try my luck at living alone away from the parents so they couldn't just pop in on a weekend and uh so i looked out of state and it was one of the few small schools i found what were your other choices did you have any kind of top ones uh southern wesleyan in it's either in south or north carolina it's like on the border between the two of those and then um i I absolutely would have went there (laughs) (laughs) um so actually ironically when i was looking at colleges one of the things that i wanted was to be closer to a beach and i am farther away from a beach than i was when i was growing up so um that that happened (laughs) closer to a river though yeah Uh, i am i'm a lot closer to a river lake life if you're from the midwest (laughs) it's like you guys went to the lake what are you talking about just the lake, Any. swim in a pond, it's fine. Take a jet ski out or two. Um, 
Well, that's very cool because I didn't I didn't actually know that part of it. I just knew you were from Massachusetts. So, uh, and, and that is what you got your degree in, correct? Uh, so I actually ended up getting my degree in chemistry because you can do more with a chemistry degree than a forensic chemistry degree. So the only difference between a less broad. yeah, it's a little less broad, more pigeonholed in the forensics. Um, but then I actually also got a bachelor's degree in psychology because psychology fascinates me. And so I decided to try and do all of that in four years. And mm-hmm. so you just, just for the fun of it, got a for, second degree? Yeah, for funsies. Um. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. That's, uh, we have different degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I will say that that was definitely not be, not how I would spend uh, my college, but that was uh, obviously, you're, you've always been I, very, very smart. So it's. Is that just something you were gravitated to? Like, oh, I really enjoy learning about this. Yeah, so I ended up taking, I was just purely a chemistry major and ended up taking intro to psychology because it's a liberal arts college and you have to take um, one of several different social sciences. That was one that I took and I fell in love with learning about how people think. And it might've been the professor, it might've been the topic, but I just, it fascinated me. And so I sat down with my chemistry advisor and I said, I wanna get a degree in psychology too. He goes, you're crazy. And I said, well, I mapped it out. And if I take 18 to 21 credit hours for the rest of my four years, I can graduate in four and a half years. And that's what I did. How far along in your in college did you decide that you wanted to do that? Uh, second semester freshman year. Wow. That's very impressive. I still don't know what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what I want to do with my life. <laughs> it, was that's, just, that's super, it was just interesting, though. That's it super is. super impressive. And uh, I think that's... That's a that's a great place to start as far as just diving into into some of that and where you're at now and and how that's maybe even cross that that stick to itiveness and I know you got a background and uh, you were a cheerleader right Yep, I've done a lot of the different sports. Yeah. I did competitive all-star cheerleading, so um, I went to nationals four four times, three times. Mm-hmm. Competitive um, all-star cheerleading. Yes. I just watched Dodgeball last night, and they had that cheerleading part in that where they're in Las Vegas. <laughs> it's like the, yes. the pyramids and all that. Is yes. that what that is? Yes, that is what that is. That is intense. Um, so, like, I, jokingly, but it's actually pretty close to Bring It On, um, where they go and compete against other teams in being cheerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, did you do, like, flips, and did they throw you and all that stuff? Or? Um, no, so I was... Surprise, I was this size from like eighth grade on. Um, so I was the person that was lifting people. Uh, um, so I don't lift weights, I lift people, but now I lift weights. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had a t-shirt uh, for one of our nationals that said, you lift weights, we lift people. It's mm, super interesting. That's some smack talk right there. It was. <laughs> smack talk, I've ever heard it. How much glitter do you think you've used in your life? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. More than Tobias soup game? Yes. <laughs> I don't know yes. about yeah, it. It's arrested development. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's a long shot for I a joke. <laughs> Especially Kelsey. She doesn't watch a lot of things. Yeah, I don't. So uh, you're a Thomas More and you get two degrees. Yep. Um, and where where do you go from there? Um, so from there, I, I actually was applying to jobs and got offered a job working as a data entry specialist for a pharmaceutical company in their quality control um, division. And I had to, they were like, we want you to start December 8th. And I was like, funny story, my finals week starts December 8th. Mm. They were like, well, you can start December 8th because we need you to start December 8th. 
And so I talked to my professors and I did all my finals a week early so that I could start. Jeez. Um, so I went from being a college student to living in the dorms, having never lived in an apartment or anything like that, because I was an RA all through college too, um, to I moved out, got an apartment, started a real job, all in 48 hours. Shit got real. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about like jumping headfirst into the real world. It was, it was eye-opening and mm -hmm. terrifying. I'll bet, because uh, you're 20, 21 at that time? Oh. Yeah, I was 20, 21, going on 22. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not, usually not a time where people are getting serious uh, about life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you, and maybe maybe that wasn't necessarily the plan, but obviously you kind of had to just jump in. And, yeah, it and, was. And handle things. It was one of the things that I had to jump into anyways because. I was graduating college. I liked the area. I knew I wanted to stay in this area. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't just move back in with mom and dad. So I had to find a job to pay for an apartment. And um, so this is a little sad, but kind of funny now. Um, when I moved into my apartment, I had no furniture. I'd lived in the dorms. They give you beds, mm. they give you furniture, they give you desks, all of that. Uh -huh. I was sleeping on the ground for three yes. weeks <laughs> until I got a mattress. So you got a paycheck? Until I got a paycheck and got a mattress. That's awesome. Um, yeah. You still have that mattress? I do. Yes. Yes, go. I do. There you go. Not even an air mattress, just the floor. No, it was it was the floor. I actually, so I had one of those uh, like two-inch foam toppers mm, that fancy. you get in college yeah. to put on top of the terrible mattresses that you have in college. I had that on the floor next to the heater in, in my apartment. Mm. Great. Very started from, started from the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Now we're here. And now we are here. Is that, so is that is that the same? Uh, you're not at the same position, mm. no? Mm -mm. So um, I started there doing data entry in a lab. If you know a lot about lab nope. people, <laughs> they are uh, very introverted. Not so much me. Sure. Um, so I couldn't deal with the quiet and doing data entry. And I actually ended up I was working with one other person and they would give us a list of things that we needed to do for the week and we'd get it done on Tuesday. Oh. And since it was such a large company, like they had to get approval for us to do other things. Um, and working in pharmaceuticals, you have to be like trained in good um, manufacturing practices and like have certain um, training done in order to do things. And mm -hmm. so I had to go through a lot of that um, so it was a very slow going process and I absolutely hated it, hated my job. Uh, so I started looking at other jobs and found a job on LinkedIn for a clinical research coordinator at UC. I had no idea what clinical research was, had no idea what it was, um, applied to it off of a whim because I was applying to absolutely everything because sure. I did not want to be at that job anymore. And I got an interview and I was like, ah, nah, I'm not going to go. And my mom actually talked me into going. She was like, you're going to have to go on interviews go use it as practice even sure. if you don't want the job i walked out of the interview going i want this job really 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 bad sure. um, so i ended up uh, getting offered the position within 24 hours of that interview um and within 48 hours of that interview i had quit my job and accepted the position at uc mm. and i just like to do things very very fast do you go, do you go out in <laughs> style or anything uh but no, you, very professional. I was I was one of those professional. Well, I guess kind of style-ish. Uh, I hadn't fully accepted or been given my acceptance um, offer or offer letter, 
at UC when I quit my job. So there was a good like 24 hours where I still hadn't gotten my offer letter from gotcha. UC where I was like, but you, you kind of had an idea. Yeah, like it was, it was supposed thing. to happen, but, um, so I didn't actually have a technical offer when I quit my other job. Um, so, so what is that? You know, you said you left that interview saying, wow, I really want this job. What was it about this job that you like absolutely wanted made you want to drive towards that? So one of the things that I did while I was in college was get my EMT certification. Um, and my sister was an EMT paramedic firefighter um, through college. And I kind of saw a little bit of what she did. And I really liked the idea of helping people. And leaving that interview, I found out that what I would be doing would be assisting physicians in their newest and greatest idea of how they're going to cure cancer, heart failure, whatever the disease process was, um, finding patients, enrolling them into those trials, kind of, if you will, being on the forefront of medicine and helping do the legwork for um, improving people's lives. And, you know, I kind of got that idea and I, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to I want to help people. And um, they also, you know, throw in the little nice thing that I can go back to school and, um, you know, if I want to get more degrees or get another degree or do any of that, it would have been included because I was working wow. for the University of Cincinnati at the time and um, government positions. So that comes with government benefits, which are actually kind of nice. Um, but, you know, two years into that position, you find out that nights, weekends, holidays. It's a rough life to life to work, but I loved loved my job at UC. Yeah. Um, worked in the emergency department um, on clinical trials. So consenting patients into clinical trials, drawing blood, um, reading medical charts, doing all of that kind of stuff and absolutely loved it. Loved it. Yeah. And uh and that brings you to where you're at now, correct? Yes. Um, so two years into that job, one of the unfortunate things with um, universities and academia is once somebody gets a position, a higher up position, they tend to not move or leave. And so, gotcha. so um, they're promotions, ride it out. yeah. So they kind of ride it out um, as long as they can. And so it was one of those, you know, sitting in the bottom of the totem pole going through yet another eight weeks of 12-hour night shifts and not being able to sustain that lifestyle. And I um, started interviewing at a CRO or a clinical research organization and uh, CTI, which is where I work now. And essentially it's more management and less patient interaction than what I did before. Um, but I'm helping to run the clinical trials that I oh, was. Wow. So definitely a step up then. Definitely a step up. And no more nights and no more weekends. I think uh, just listening to that, uh, realizing you were wildly smarter than both Mark and I. Oh. <laughs> in some things. At least things. me. In some things. No, I, I, what I hear in that is just like your awareness of like, I really want this I go after this I get this I even while you're going through that job or that whatever situation you're in you're already identifying like this is what I like about it this is what I don't like mm -hmm. and then you're thinking about the next step so that's like super duper obviously important that's one of the things honestly we struggle with at times with, with just business you know it's like all right hey this is what we really like but sometimes it's hard to hard to see the next step or, or what is the next step and 
obviously we're sitting here after a mobility and mimbosis and trying these different things and so on and so forth and you know but by and large the the through line which obviously brought you into the fold with with us is i think you probably generally see like wow these guys actually want to help people yeah and then that was one of the overwhelming things with you whenever you started down this career with all your degrees and stuff like that it's like you know what all the schooling was great but at the end of the day i still want to help people yes and this is what these are the gifts that I've been given to help people. And I, I really, uh, like I said, admire that. And like I said, that you can, obviously there's some crossover there with working out and, you know, having a stick to itiveness and, and, you know, we can obviously dive into some of that, but you know, uh, that's kind of what I take out from, from that initial story is sure. that drive to keep going and figure out what you want. Is that something you learned from family or is that just something you've always had? Is that, I think it's something I kind of learned from family. Um, I grew up on a farm, and so it was one of those things that if you wanted something, you had to go out and do it, and it doesn't matter how you feel at 5 o'clock in the morning. You still have to get up and go take care of, you know, 30 horses or um, cows. Like, the cows still need to get milked. Like, it doesn't matter how you feel or what you're going through. Things still need to happen, and it's, I think that's where I got a lot of my determination and just kind of push forwardness. Sure. So where does uh, CrossFit come into play in your life? Because um, we've known each other now for quite some time, um, but recently bringing you on as a coach and seeing you develop as an athlete, um, it's it's been, again, pretty impressive. I think we, we had a photo uh, not too long ago where it was just like your one of your first couple months and it's just like seeing your overhead position from then till now. You yeah. Know? Uh, so how does uh, CrossFit come into the fold for you? Um, so CrossFit's actually been a huge part of my life um, and it's something that I'm very happy that I found. Um, I was introduced to it um, briefly in college and kind of dabbled in it and that's where I met you guys um, and I actually struggled with anxiety and depression um, all throughout high school um, and a lot of college and was on antidepressants and CrossFit and working out gave me that outlet to de-stress and handle I can't a lot imagine of that. getting two degrees would be stressful. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where that came from. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> so, and that was 2000... That was 2013. The summer of oh. 2013 was the summer that I started CrossFit. Did the on-ramp at the Covington Gym. Second one? The second one. So, yeah. the second Russell Street location. Um did the on-ramp there um did it during the summer a little bit through the fall and winter um but i also did track and field in college so um a lot of my crossfit fell off when the track and field season started and then i'd come back in the summer um and do that and kind of just rotated through um and then i ended up stopping when i graduated college because you know graduating and starting and moving yeah. out and all of that it gets it gets rough and I realized then what CrossFit had meant to me in it in the amount of um, stress relief and just working how good working out makes you feel like it yeah. doesn't matter what you have going on outside of the gym you walk into the gym you work out you even if you do terrible in that workout you're like I feel good about myself because I just worked out sure mm -hmm. And you did, yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's been a through point for everybody is, again, 
what this place means to you, and whatever your gym is, what it means to you is usually um, it's that place that you can go and de-stress and not have to worry about a phone call from your boss or mm-hmm. something, an email that you're going to be getting because you have this hour that you can shut your mind off and yeah. just work out. And that that's exactly what it was. It was an hour to turn off my brain. When you do that much in college and even after college, your brain goes at a mile a minute. Um, and having that time to just completely turn off your brain was great. I think that's one of the hardest parts with getting people to understand that is whenever they haven't experienced that before. So like you just mentioned, like, hey, I experienced it for a while and then life got busy, but then I realized something was missing. Yes. I think there's so many people out there that just don't even realize what they're missing. Yeah. You know, and again, that's whether it's a, a program like CrossFit or whatever, you know, we just had a great yoga session in here. Um, you know, just, just anything physical um, in life, you know, you need stimulate it. I just uh, recently saw a study, um, there's like 25% of America, Americans um, don't even go outside. So they're in constantly like climate controlled environments. Um, Whether they leave their house from their garage and whenever they get to work, they get out of their car in a garage and you know not even really experience this is sunlight not climate That's, controlled this is not no, climate con- I'm sweating not. a little bit <laughs> I'm sweating a lot but you know where i'm going with that is just you know again it doesn't have to be anything more than you know just getting outside maybe for a little bit for some people but especially whenever you're engaging in you know high intensity um, functional uh, program you experience certain things um, whether that's just that stress relief or endorphins and and so on and so forth and just a higher quality of life at the end of the day because now you know maybe you did have a hard day at work but uh, and, and you come here after work or you engage in something physical you know um, physical fitness after work and then you can maybe go home and and you avoid a, a fight with the spouse or you avoid like this depression you yeah. know that's uh, looming for for a lot of people it gives you an outlet absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. in a community it, yeah you know? and that's, Which that's a hard thing to match sometimes is huge I mean I moved down here from Massachusetts and I don't think if it wasn't for CrossFit and the CrossFit community that I found I don't know that I would have survived as well um down here by myself because I mean you guys are my family this is my family I'm here I spend any time that I'm not at my day job usually here and then I go home and rinse and repeat Mm-hmm. there you go <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and I agree this is uh, the, the we've said it ad nauseum at this point but it's the amazing thing is seeing people completely on the same playing field regardless of their situation in life it's pretty awesome to see yes. you know whether whether you are doing clinical studies or a principal or a doctor or an electrician or a plumber doesn't matter you are on this level playing field yes. across the board and you get to, you know, see people interact that you would never interact. Some of my, some of my better friends and the people you meet along the way are from a CrossFit gym. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, it, and again, it sounds silly until you're in it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I totally see that. Yeah. There, there are several people that I didn't realize that were like huge um, vice presidents of companies or doctors or exactly. anything like that. Um, I mean, you're in the gym. You're encouraging the person next to you. They're encouraging you, and you're all on the same playing field, and you're all just athletes in the gym together. And you don't, you start to realize them outside of the gym. And you're like, oh, like you're a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but it, yeah, your you face know, is it, on that billboard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. I saw Keith Law's face on the back of a bus yeah. the other day. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Dental Center of Florence. If you Sh- seen shameless plug. Yeah. But yeah. You know, and, and if only it, it was like that in every scenario in life, 
you know what I mean, as far as like right. having the have the playing field equal and you know, just understanding maybe a little deeper and the like, hey, you know, it's it's not always about like um, the status updates and this this liking and, and all this shit, you know. So again, I don't want to open up that, um, but I do love that CrossFit breaks down those walls. So and and you can even go from a racial perspective too, right? It's like doesn't matter, doesn't matter you know whatever you know your ethnicity is in this moment like we're all just trying to breathe and pick this thing up or get on box and there's not or cheer each other on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just 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 get it um you know together but anyway it's just it's just one of those things that again like i was saying if you don't realize you're missing it like if you never you never have experienced it you don't realize you're missing it and um i want to take a quick break i want to come back and talk about uh couple things I want to talk about a just you as a trainer mm-hmm. uh, B being a female trainer uh, because obviously Mark and I are not uh, well, <laughs> and then uh, and, and then how this is how CrossFit is uh, kind of come into your family as well so yeah. all right, we'll be right back And we are back. Scene. Scene. <laughs> With the new mimosas and less banana bread. <laughs> We're back. Uh, we, we did leave talking about um, how kind of getting into CrossFit uh, and how it's impacted your life. I, I do want to talk a little bit about how becoming a trainer has shifted maybe your mindset. Um, because, you know, one of the things that when we brought you on, there it was a it was obviously a very conscious effort to bring someone like yourself on. Like everything that, even though we didn't know about your past and having two degrees and all this stuff, we saw it, if that makes sense. Uh, and there's a reason that we, we brought you on and, um, and you bring a perspective just truly as a female that Mark and I cannot bring. And I don't know if you've seen that or uh, maybe inadvertently seen that or for example, there's just going to be certain conversations that I'm not going to be able to have with a female True. member. True. So I don't know if you've seen it and you don't have to like give specific examples maybe, but I think there's maybe a little insight to what it's like to uh, be a female CrossFit trainer. Um, so honestly, I didn't, I didn't notice it until I'd been, until I said something. No, it was, <laughs> it was probably, it was probably like the open, um, you know, before that I was, just trying to figure out what being a coach meant to me um, and what coaching was. And then, you know, towards the open, I started to see, you know, how much of a impact that I can make um, as a female coach, um, because there aren't very many of us um, in comparison to, you know, the male coaches that are out there. And I can provide a different perspective to the other women in the gym that, sorry, Mark, Jerry, you just don't, don't have. No, we don't. Um, and I, I think, I think a big part of that is it comes down to, I think, uh, I would say body issues yeah, uh, and body image, maybe not issues, just body image in general. Yeah. Like it's, 
you know, I think there's, I, I have body image, I don't say problems, but I, you know, I, I, it's like if I have a bad weekend of drinking mimosas and eating banana bread, I'm going to like, all right, maybe he'll be a little more hesitant. But I don't think people see that. And I think it's yes. more outwardly expressed with, with women. Yes, I think it is um, more outwardly expressed with women, especially in today's day and age with social media, where um, people seem to not have an issue sitting behind a keyboard and body shaming other people, sure. um, which I take a huge issue with. Um, if you're in here working on yourself, then that is all I care about. Mm -hmm. um, like, I don't care if you have a six pack, I don't care if you can deadlift 300 pounds, I care that you are in here trying to better yourself for yourself or for your family, whatever your motivation is. Um, and I really kind of saw myself um, develop more as a female trainer and get into a little bit more of that side. Um, we did the live announcements of the Open uh, where I faced off against another coach and Susan Blake's daughter said, she looks strong, mom, I wanna be like her. Mm -hmm. And that is the purest thing that I have ever heard. And when I heard that, um, it kind of made me cry a little bit because I think her daughter is seven or eight, um, younger. I could be completely off on the age, but I wanna say. <laughs> she's, she's got two girls. I don't, if it, I don't remember which one okay. it was that said. One's probably 12. And one's probably eight. Yeah, I think it was the eight-year-old who said it. And it's it's that that made me realize it because at the age of seven or eight years old, you don't, you don't care that you don't have a six-pack. Like, you don't care what you look like. You look at, you know, somebody you say, they're strong, I want to be like them. Or you see what they can do or what they're doing and you're impressed by that. You're not impressed by their, weights, uh, their waist line yeah. or... Um, or their Instagram followers. Their Instagram followers. <laughs> um, like you're, you don't, you don't care about any of that. You care about the effort that they're putting in. And I think that humanity lost in somewhere in that, you know, middle age of life where we change our focus from, you know, being strong and powerful women to needing to fit into some mold that society says that we need to fit into. Yeah, I think that's one of the the biggest uh, impacts impact uh crossfit is having on the world yeah. as a as a whole and, and obviously you can talk gender specific to just women but you know men to a certain extent where men might be sold this like bodybuilder style physique and now mm -hmm. they're like eh, i don't know if i want to look like that i might i just want to look like i'm fit right uh, where women were sold this like victoria's secret you know model um, can't be too muscular because that's right. intimidating you can't but, be but now it's I mean, you look at the CrossFit women, and they're they're beautiful and they're strong, yeah. and and there's nothing nothing wrong with having a little muscle, you know. And 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 at the end of the day, not to mention it's like who's gonna want to mess with that girl, you know, yeah. in a, in a scenario where um, you know, let's be real, bad things happen to to men or women. Yes. Um, but you know, whenever you can actually handle yourself and have muscle and 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 maybe fight off an attack or something like that, it's even more pertinent to to feel and, and engage in, in physical activity uh, i think you're absolutely right and i think that's something that crossfit has um kind of developed is that is this this ulterior um mold of you don't you don't need to be this you know standard woman whatever mm -hmm. you can be strong you can be powerful you can take care of yourself you don't have to be dependent on anything or anybody else and it's opened the doors for a lot of other sports yes you know it really has because 
you look at even just powerlifting, you know, it's a whole different world of strength, but you have females getting into powerlifting and Olympic that's a whole, lifting. the whole nother Olympic, Olympic weightlifting. It's a whole nother set of strength skills. Yes. You know, it's, it's not just how many pull-ups you can do. You can deadlift 400, 500 pounds off the floor and, and, you know, still be feminine. Yeah. You, know, you, you can be feminine and not look quote unquote bulky. Um, let's talk about that for a minute. <laughs> that's a legitimate. Bulky. So, um, and I joke that like I've tried to look bulky for the last 10 years. It's not easy. It's not. It's, you know, like it takes a lot to get to that level to where, you know, you might think that, oh, that's just too much. Like for whatever reason, we've been thrown this, this BS idea that like it's, if I touch a barbell, I'm going to have traps up to my ears. Like it takes a lot and a lot of work to like completely shift your body and your you know the way your body is shaped into something you would consider like bulk in that word bulky, bulky. you know yes I don't know where it came from I think it's just a stigma of, of weightlifting and you know guys have to lift weights and girls have to chop for shoes yeah like it's, it's, so, it's, so, it's, so, it's so it's so silly it, it really is. is and I I think our gym dynamic here is if not 60 40 we're pretty darn close 60 40 yeah. women to men yes you know and it is really cool to see um you know a group of women especially bring each other up rather than knock each other down and i feel like that's harder and harder to come by it's so hard to come by because i'm sorry ladies but we can be petty um guys can be too it's just it's more like guys can just like bury the hatchet yes. easier. um you know? but i'll buy a beer yeah it's yeah. fine I'm going to flatten uh, their tires. But it is it is <laughs> very nice <laughs> seeing a community of women stand behind each other and support each other um, versus comparing each other um, or, you know, trying to one-up one another. And the, the idea of being bulky, um, since I started CrossFit, I've lost – I haven't lost weight, but I've lost sizes. And – Sorry that 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 the knee doesn't seem bulky. Yeah. Like we, we, I don't know. Someone was talking about their BMI the other day. You know, uh, like, it was oh, me. <laughs> uh, my BMI says I'm obese. And According it's just, to my it's BMI, so I am overweight. Stupid. That BMI, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was obese. Yes. Jason Kalipa had a uh, had a. He was on a. It was a, years ago, uh, before he was really open, you know, open up gyms left and right when he was still pretty competitive as far as CrossFit gains concerned. His insurance rates went up mm-hmm. because he was obese. Yep. Because they, man in the world. Yeah, because yep. they, you know, it's like they, they look at that number and they go, "Well, he's." he's well, you're five eight, two ten, so yeah. you're obese. Yeah. It's like no, he's shredded. Yeah, yeah, look no, at it's him. muscular. That, that's that's just a whole guy has an said. arm. It's my quad. Right? <laughs> it's like it's unreal. Yeah. It's and I think that kind of plays into the bulky and the perceptions. Is a lot of like the BMI. Um, and those scales don't take into account for muscle mass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you don't take into account for those things, you start having doctors tell patients that you're overweight. And then they look at the patient and they go, oh, wait, no, you're not overweight. Like, you just are athletic. Yeah. And then you have to start making exceptions. One of the, one of the things I like a lot about, since we are in, in the midst of, of CrossFit regionals right now, and we're going to be moving into the games, and this came up last year, actually, I forget which female it was she was actually too muscly she was actually too shredded 
Like she, she needed to actually have more fat on her body mm-hmm. because she would, she ran out of energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fat is energy. Yes. You know, and it's like they, they looked at uh, Rich Froning and his last year that he won the games and he's like, he probably is, walks around at like 10%. Yeah. You know, he just has a lot of muscle mass on top of it. You know, it's like, it's one of the things I like about CrossFit is like, hey, you need fat. <laughs> you you know? do. It's not this like, oh, you got to be down to 6%. Like, right. no, you'll feel awful. Yeah. And you will perform terribly, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's cool to see, um, getting a little bit off in the weeds, but just seeing a fitness regimen that like supports eating your fat. Like yeah. you got to have I, some. I kind of hope that in the future, the, the CrossFit ideal of like, you need to have a body fat percentage, um, that is not in the single digits. Um, but you also don't want a large body fat percentage goes into the medical side where they actually start looking at body fat percentages and using that as a way to determine if somebody is obese or overweight. Um, because I think personally to me that that would be more accurate. Like, yeah, BMI is bullshit. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. So I I like that idea. And I, I think let's just be realistic, you know, with, with, with the clients that we're training and, you know, again, bodybuilders are usually that two, three, four, five, you know, percent would be a big, you know, bodybuilder. Right. That, that sub five is, is getting into that such an elite, um, style of, and of mind you, those guys and, feel awful. Yes. Yeah. They feel terrible, mm. you know, and they're usually only at that low body fat percentage the week or right. around yeah, that, the that show cutting, that do that, that they're doing and they dehydrate and, and all that desalinated stuff. water. And, and, yeah. I, and again, all I'm not that. experienced oh, yeah. with, with bodybuilding, but you know, um, to Jared's point, you know, it, it, there's definitely a diminishing return with the CrossFit community. Uh, and again, it's, Everyone's got different goals. There's a goal board behind um, us, or I should say Jarrett, on that side. And one of the goals uh, by a member is literally, so there's a goal, complete it by, plan of attack, and then complete it. And it just is his name and don't die. Yep. It doesn't get much more real than that. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's great to have ambitions of, I want to be under 10% body fat. Yep. And that's, wanna, and, that, you know, and that's not a joke that, you know, it's, right. No, that's, that's a real I, statement. I, I, I know that we all obviously know that individual and, um, he's actually been on the show before and that's what I love about my job. It's not like, all right, uh, all right. Uh, you know, client, we're going to get you from 9% down to five. And if that's a goal and I can help him facilitate that, absolutely. But I want to know the why, obviously, behind that. Mm-hmm. And it probably should be some type of bodybuilding physique. And at that point, I might might not uh, might refer them out <laughs> to someone <laughs> yeah. that's a little more specialized. But you know, when we're when we're looking at taking people that are just on the couch and eating a lot of carbohydrates to able to perform a full range of motion squat to eating a little more lean meats and and good vegetables and some healthy fats and see their energy level rise and their cholesterol at a healthy range and maybe even lowering the rest, resting heart rate and actually plugging them into a community so they can experience a little more laughter and have fun and do things like a golf outing and go to a you know a night of bowling which we just did and that's what you know that's what life's about you it know, is. let's be honest and uh, i think the crossfit you know what they do from a sport is amazing but that is drastically what different than what we do on a day-to-day basis here. So I, uh, I actually compare this. Um, a lot of people look at me when I say that I do CrossFit and they go, oh, so you do what they do on TV. Like, that's crazy. I could never do that. And I go, the thing that I like to, the way that I like to put it is 
it's trying to compare the NFL to peewee football. I always say if uh, you're, you know, you think of it like that, it's it's like playing a pickup game of basketball against LeBron James. Yes. Like you're not going to score. <laughs> no. Yep. You're you're not even going to get a shot off. Yep. It's it's such a different level. Oh. And it's 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 rec league. It's rec league it's basketball. Rec league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and we're doing it for us. We're doing yeah. it for us. We're doing it for fitness. We're doing it for fun. And it's fun to you know do the open and be like, wow, you see that person? They got a hundred rounds. Mm-hmm. And I only got five, but it's you know, a good they got benchmark. A, that's that's. You know, that's what's pop. Yeah, like you said, it's a good benchmark. But at the same time, and again, you get caught up in these, this comparison kind of world. And it's like, well, you know, I suck or, you know, whatever it is. No, like last year you got three rounds. This year you got five. So, like, yep. you're getting better. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of the Open, we just talked that your mom yes. did her her first open this year? Second open. Second open. Wow. So it's her second open. She just completed her first year of CrossFit. She started um, just before the open last year and actually did the open last year. Um, somehow, miraculously, I talked her into doing the open and I'm really glad that she did. She actually did it. She did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and completed it. And then this year, um, I actually was fortunate enough to do um, one of the open workouts with my mother, which was a like one of the greatest things in the entire world mm. um but seeing my mom I'm jealous transform i got to work out with her work in a out second with her and this transformation so not i'm assuming because again i feel like i know where you're gonna go with this it's, it's not a physical it is a physical transformation but more it, so it is a physical transformation um she did lose some weight but it was to me it was more so seeing her transform into a more confident person mm. my mom's sorry mom yes 59, 60 years old. She's in the upper half of the age divisions. Um, But seeing her transform into a more confident person um, and just wanting to improve herself for her granddaughter, um, my niece, and just create a better better life for her and become healthier. She started CrossFit because she started having issues getting out of bed in the morning, like just mm. having back pain getting out of bed in the morning. And I was like, you need to I, – I bet you it's because you don't have so the muscling. you mean to tell me she lifted weights and it didn't kill her? It did not. It made her stronger. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Well, I had a conversation with her where, you know, she was having some back issues and um, – she'd been big into yoga and doing some of those kinds of things. And, you know, she grew up on a farm, does, uh, rides horses. And I honestly thought it was because she didn't have enough muscling to support herself in what she was doing. Um, and so I talked her into starting, um, CrossFit for just a little while and just see if it improves and it improved. And she lost a lot of weight. She, (laughs) she called me one day because, um, she called me and she said, I finally lost you. And I was like, heck are you talking about she said i finally lost all of the baby weight that i gained when i had you (laughs) (laughs) only took me it only took me 26 years but pretty awesome um and that was amazing and just seeing her be healthier and look healthier look happier like you can see pictures of her from last year to this year and she just looks like a happier person um but even on a bigger note than my mom starting crossfit and doing all of that um, this past year, I got my dad to start CrossFit, yeah. um, which I'm super excited about, and I hope he's as equally excited about it. 
Um, but and I just saw a video of him deadlifting. Yes. Correct? Is that him? Yeah, he just deadlifted 275 for two, um, wow. and it looked super easy. Nice. Um, but so he started just before the Open this year. I was not as successful in talking him to do into doing the Open this year as I was my mother, but he gave one answer that I was going to accept as a excuse not to do the Open, and it was, I can't do the movements with a PVC pipe. Why am I going uh-huh. to do the Open? And I was like, all right. That's, that's valid. That's about, uh, I have no arguments to that. Yeah, right. Um, but so he started CrossFit. He's always run. Um, he can run a 5K. He's run half marathons. Um, he used to do powerlifting, some of those kinds of things. But fell off of a ladder 14 or 15 years ago and broke his hip. and has three uh. screws in his hip um, and was having trouble squatting, having trouble um, you know, he'd say that he'd squat, and then the next day he just couldn't walk. It's like my Ouch. hip just hurts. Yeah. Um, and it's so, pretty good reason why you wouldn't want to do it then. Yeah, really good reason why. And I mean, he'd always just gone to Globo Gyms and done um, his own thing. And I was like, well, why don't you just start doing CrossFit? Like, just give it a shot. You and mom can do it together. It can be something that you guys do together. Um, started doing CrossFit mainly because um, he had some issues with lab work. Um, and went back uh, probably two months afterwards, had his labs redone, and was told that he didn't need to go on any heart medication. Wow. Um, two months? His, yeah, two or three months. Wow. So uh, there, there's hope. So there's hope. Like, you go from having a doctor tell you that if you don't do something to improve your life, you're going to need to be on medications to sustain your life and work out for three months and get told that, that you look great. And that to me is the biggest win that CrossFit has ever given me is not the wins that you see in transformation pictures, not the wins that you see in PRs or on PR boards or on Instagram. It's the improving somebody's life to where you don't need to be dependent on medication. I think that's one of the, you know, what I hear there too is like, obviously with your parents, it's personal. And I think that what that can, that can absolutely be what takes a good coach to a great coach is whenever you make it personal, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. Like whenever you truly make it personal that, hey, you know, I, I'd like to think that all of our staff here takes it personal whenever our clients come into the door and we have an hour to make them better. Mm-hmm. Um, at a minimum, not get to them hurt. Yes. And we take that very personal, very seriously. And, you know, like I said, there's, there's hope still for this aging population that guess what, you know, hey, you're 59, 60. Let's be honest, like by the end of our lifetime, there's going to be people living well into their, you know, 90s, over 100 years old, more common just with obviously the way technology and medicine is, is, is going. But not only that, just healthy living in general. Yeah. I think we're figuring out like, hey, I probably shouldn't eat McDonald's five times a day or I probably shouldn't eat all this processed stuff. And, you know, just, just this movement that CrossFit is really spurring on. And I love, I'm so glad that we got to, to, to share that, you know, with your mom and dad. Because personally, I would love for, you know, my, my parents to get involved um, in, in some type of program. You know, obviously CrossFit, um, they, they live four hours away. But um, for me, in the small town they're at, I don't even know if there's really a gym. Um, but just being able to maybe go up and show them, you know, hey, look here you know here's our trainer kelsey she got her parents to do it and guess what they're healthier for it and they got off medication so i love that um i think that's a 
good place to wrap things up, but I do want to ask your, your definition of fitness. What is Kelsey's definition of fitness? Um, you pretty much said it with your parents, but... Yeah, it's, it's essentially just being able to do the things that you want to do in your life and being physically, mentally, and emotionally fit or any good place. Um, and that, that's what fitness is to me. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for finally sitting down and stopped avoiding us. So yeah, appreciate thanks, it. Kelsey. <laughs> I couldn't avoid you any longer. Mm. Most has helped. Yeah, they do. And, uh, thank you all for listening to, to Everyday Athlete. Join us next week as we dive deep in the lives of those who make us great. Thanks again. Kelsey.